The truth lives. Political bomb show, starring Rayshawn Blyden. Welcome to Political Bomb Show. Rayshawn Blyden here. Today's show is brought to you by Political Bomb Show Store. Just go to politicalbombshow.com, and you can get this lovely new T-shirt that I just came out with here. From afar, people, all they will see is takes one to know one. And you've heard that terminology before, takes one to know one. So, this, upon further investigation as you get closer, you're going to see it's far more than meets the eye. Because when it comes to liberalism, they like to box you in by calling you names. For instance, the biggest one that they like, if you're not of color, is racist or racism. That's the first word that they say to try to get you to back off from telling the truth. So, from this, you can see it says here, takes one to no one, but in actuality, if you take a closer look, it actually says, takes one racist to no one racist. You know, when we, I don't know if you remember when you were growing up, but when I was growing up and you, you called me a name and we would go, takes one to no one, takes one to no one. So it's playing off of that. So go on to politicalbombshow.com, click on political bombshow store and grab one now here. Okay. Today's Sunday news is coming from a very important topic because when one goes to church, at least when I go to church, there's a certain preach preaching that I want from my preacher coming from the the pulpit. And it certainly is not anything that's woke that I want coming. I want the truth. And the truth is all I want, even if it makes some uncomfortable. Now, some preachers may not want to go this route because maybe perhaps someone or a few in the congregation are, are um, of the alternative persuasion. And they don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. Well, you know what? Sometimes the truth is uncomfortable and you have to tell the truth. You can't not tell the truth just to spare some feelings or to line the church pocket with money. You don't want to do that. You tell the truth and you ask that they repent of their sins like as I repent of my sins. Everyone has to repent of their sins. And if you are going to ignore certain things like, I don't know, transitioning, well, that's an abomination and I'm not going to curb that and I don't want to go to a church that's going to back off and, and not attack the real truth. So let's read this today. Beneath the banner of the woke, what the pulpit priorities the people will pursue. This is coming from Queensland, Australia. 
And this, to me, applies in the Western civilization, whether it be Australia, Australia, the UK, the United States, because I've noticed a lot in the United States, a lot of churches, you know, when I was exploring and praying to God to find me a new church home, I know that if there was a church flying a rainbow flag, there's no way I was going to even consider that. And I feel in my heart that God would not want me to go to a church that's promoting the LGBTQ community in this way. Because if anything, we they need to repent as just like anyone else, but they cannot be seen as normal. It's abnormal. So it can't be a church that God would want me to go to. And so when I prayed, I got three signs that the Baptist church in which by the time you're listening, let's see, actually the next Sunday, I should be an official member. But you uh, should not try to sugarcoat things. The truth is a hard pill to swallow most times. The truth has to be said. So let's continue. This is coming from Queensland, Australia. As a Christian who still loves to sing the old hymns, one of my favorites is the Banner of the Cross. It is one of those soul-stirring songs that reminds us that our time on this earth is not characterized by peace. It is characterized by war, a spiritual war. The author Daniel Whittle served in the American Civil War, obtaining the rank of major. Even after leaving the army, he has known as Majority Widow for the remainder of his life. Although he worked for a watch company, after the fighting in 1873, he became a rival evangelist in the D.L. Moody Association. Although there is no written record of the inspiration behind the hymn, no doubt Whittle's time fighting in the Civil War led him to introduce parallel themes into his hymn writing. In our Australian army, there are four distinctive forms of honorable insignia currently in use. You have standards, gardens, colors and banners. Originally, the color was the focal point of the regiment, doing the noise and confusion of battle even if the commander was killed, hope was always present, whiteless the colors remained intact. On the verge of ultimate defeat, the troops would congregate across the colors which would become 
the scene of its last defense. For such times, records of epic gallantry and acts of heroic self-sacrifice have been associated with the colors. Regiments often adopted color guards composed of experienced or elite soldiers to protect their colors. As a result, the capture of an enemy's standard was considered a great feat of arms, but by rallying the troops around the colors, the intent was to stir up new hope and greater efforts while the colors still remain aloft, the battle could still be won. And this is, this is true. This is very true. It's no different than, than what we have over here, had over here in America. You know, standing for the colors of our flag. Nonetheless, in the, aforem the aforementioned hymn, the aforementioned hymn, Banner of the Cross, one of my favorite lines is, I'm trying to remember the song. I, it rings a bell, but I can't remember it. I, I know this hymn. Though the foe may rage and gather as the flood, let the standard be displayed and beneath its folds as soldiers of the Lord, for the truth be not dismayed. Do you immediately see some important lessons even in one short passage? As the Bible tells us, particularly in these last days, the intensity of the battle is going to increase. The foe will rage and come against us like a flood which it, here in the West, in America, it is definitely coming from, from one side of the, of, the, of the aisle. Not saying that the Republican side of the aisle, some, especially the rhinos, are not in on, on this game. But many of the left are so far gone, they have been infiltrated by the enemy. By the enemy, I mean demonic enemy. They are working in conjunction with the enemy to destroy us. I mean, what can you say about a party who welcomes children being butchered and transitioned at, at the age of one and say it's okay if the parent wants it? So if the parent is another satanic demonic person, and it's fine, just butcher the child. It's like you had this one woman, I can't remember if she's an actress or or what she was, but she adopted two children, two black children from, I want to say it was Africa. I could be mistaken, but I think it was from Africa. And she immediately turned them into transgenders. You're going to tell me that this is not sick and satanic? Of course it is. But anyway, I'm going to strain off topic here. As the Bible tells us, particularly in these last days, the intensity of the battle is going to increase. The foe will rage and come against us like a flood. But this is no reason to surrender. Exactly. I will not surrender. I've always been a fighter, even with my upbringing, the things that I've been through. 
God has always been there and it took me a little while to understand that because some of the horrific things that a child shouldn't have to go through I did went through and I stand here still fighting the good fight but uh, the foe will rage and come against us like a flood but this is no reason to surrender we must not allow the enemy to insulate us and destroy us one by one and that was my problem for many many years I was always isolated and deemed myself as a loner like many of my my older videos and older music always talked about my strength about being a loner but in actuality that wasn't a strength it was a weakness the enemy was was uh, isolating me so I could be destroyed that's what was happening I now know that we must rally around the cross for there we find the mercy, strength, and grace of Jesus anew. We are not fighting for man's opinion. We are fighting for God's truth and eternal truth, which is absolutely correct. Which is why I don't subscribe to the nonsense of being politically correct because of being in fear of being canceled. It's not the way I'm going to live. I will not live that way. You're not going to you're not going to silence me and say, "Oh, you're being hateful because you're talking about the transgenders, what is in your pants?" And people say you're being hateful. They're people. Well, I'm saying that they are an abomination out and I would like for them to repent against their sins. And by the way, and I've done many stories on this, many of them have been coerced by their parents and school and the doctors to do this thing. Many of them are are going to what's called detransitioning. And many of them also unfortunately have ended things with their lives. Because they didn't need to, to do what it, it was a, it's a political statement basically is what I'm trying to say. In Exodus seventeen we read of an interesting name for God. Jehovah, Je after Je Joshua gains victory over the Amalites, we read in verse 15 of that chapter, and Moses built an altar and called its name, the Lord is my banner. What this passage asserts is the intention of Moses to orient his life and actions according to the Lord's intentions. Always walking underneath his banner. The same, the same theme is repeated in Isaiah when he writes about the Messiah and in this case the banner is a rallying point for the regathering of a remnant who will enjoy the peace of the kingdom, the millennial kingdom. <clears throat> Chapter 2, verse 10 reads, And in the day there shall be root of Jesse, who shall stand as a banner to the people. For the Gentiles shall seek him and his resting place shall be glorious 
when Charles Spurgeon preached about the church, he said this about banners. Banners were carried for distinction so that the army could be clearly identified. Banners were carried for discipline so that the army could be organized in its work. Banners were carried as a sign of activity indicating that something was about to happen. Banners were carried as a sign of confidence willing to engage the enemy. How dismayed Spurgeon would be to witness the state of the church today. Oh boy, would he ever. Distinction, discipline, activity, and confidence have been replaced by despair, doubt, apostasy, and this one is very true, cowardice. Many pastors, preachers, bishops are afraid to speak the truth. They try to shield themselves from backlash from telling the truth, and it should not be that way. Having stared down communism and fascism, the church has buckled under the soft weight of wokeism. Oh, preach it, hallelujah, preach it. They have buckled under the weight of wokeism. You see, in the church today, you have the awake and then you have the woke. The awake know that they are awake. The awake also know the woke are woke. The woke think the the woke I'm getting hold on, gotta calm down. I'm getting fired up. The woke think the awake are asleep. Consequently, the woke think they are the ones who are awake. The woke think that the awake are asleep. But they are in fact deceived. 1 Timothy 4 and 1 Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith given heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons speaking lies in hypocrisy. 2 Timothy 4.3 For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Ministry can come in different forms and many in this in this uh decade that we live in now the young ones which are the ones that we need to reach because they're essentially we're, we're going to die off and they're going to control the world well 
one way of reaching them is through the medium in which I am speaking now because they will flock to social mediums social medias platforms and you know the what you call it twitters and the tiktoks and youtube of the world facebook's all those such things and so i didn't grow up in this time i didn't grow up in a time where we even had social media but i've always had a gift with electronics and music and so the gift just kept growing you know you you lose you don't use it you lose it but i uh, i kept on using my gift and so i was able to adapt i didn't even have we didn't even have computers when i was growing up but i was able to adapt and so here i am today trying to send the word out to the young wokeness is incompatible with the biblical worldview because it attributes it is so true intrinsic guilt or innocence to the individual based on their group identity regardless of individual actions oh preach it preach it brother preach it proverbs 17:15 condemns this line of thinking he who justifies the wicked he who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just, both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. What wokeness does is attributes evil to so-called oppressor, races and social structures rather than to the real problem, sin. The concept of being woke is an attempt to create moral boundaries without God. Let me read that again. The concept of being woke is an attempt to create moral boundaries without God. It offers only a bleak and hopeless world in which a stern and constantly shifting morality subjects all to judgment from which there can be no redemption or restoration. For more preferable, it's the message of the gospel which, while it points to our deepest moral failures because of the fall, offers us forgiveness and a changed life through Jesus Christ. Sadly, some pastors are ignoring the gospel and great commission, instead choosing to take up the social justices, the social justice cause of our day in order to gain popularity with the world. So true, so true. The blindly jump on the latest cultural train without filtering its ideology and its goals through the lens of scripture. In so doing, the principle of cultural relevance is being held in higher esteem than revelation through God's words. Preach, you're, you're preaching it today. 
Hallelujah. You're preaching it, brother. You're preaching it. But so many ministries, resources are now being directed to wokeism. My, I've been speaking so long, my lights went off. Hold on a second. There we go. But so many ministries, resources are now being directed to wokeism. Did Paul face the Roman tyrant for the sake of wokeism? Did Corey Ten Boom suffer the horrors of a concentration camp for the sake of wokeism? Did Richard Warmbrand suffer 14 long years of torture in a communist jail for the sake of wokeism? Did untold missionaries sail the seas and face the spears for the sake of wokeism? No, they stood. They stood resolute and faced their plight because they stood for the truth. And the church must do the same. I'm getting fired up because it's so true. The church must do the same. You cannot allow wokeism to infiltrate the doors of the church. Otherwise, we are all doomed. We are all doomed. So, let us not rally around the banner of wokeism, but around the banner of the cross. What the pulpit prioritizes, the people will pursue. I, I, need to, I need to say that one more time. What the pulpit prioritizes, the people will pursue. What the pulpit prioritizes, the people will pursue. What, let me say it slower, what the pulpit prioritize the people will pursue our pulpits should be prioritizing the preaching of the gospel and the urgent warning of all humanity that God's wrath is about to fall on this earth in the form of tribulation period God isn't concerned about how well you can you conform to the culture he is only concerned about whether you are justified by saving faith in Christ. This was a great lesson here. It's something that many churches we need to to uh, to do to do these things because many churches are as they said they are bending the knee to wokeism they are bending the knee to wokeism and that my friends is a terrible thing to do do not bend the knee to wokeism we need to stand strong and united and preach the message the message of God and if we do that, just like they said here, if you prioritize from the pulpit, the people will follow. So that's what needs to be done. That's what needs to be done. Today's show 
was brought to you by politicalbombshow.com. Go to politicalbombshow.com store and get this t-shirt. Takes one to know one. Just go to politicalbombshow.com, click on Political Bomb Show store, and there you go. Until next Sunday, see you later, my friends.